2: Hello friends! I've missed you. Sorry for skipping a few beats here, but I feel like I've been flying around and I needed to take a little break. I've been in Tech Week rehearsing for, and then opening, a new musical called Decades in Concert, Spirit of the 60s. It's at the historic Downtown Cabaret Theater in Connecticut. I have such wonderful castmates who are some of my best friends, an amazing team. The music is just iconic. I mean, we have the Beatles, Aretha Franklin, The Who, the list goes on and on. And we use all these wonderful songs to tell the story of this tumultuous decade that really, at the end of the day, closes out, I think, with a lot of peace, love, and kindness. And it shows that kindness is always the answer. So If you're in the area, we are playing through May 15th. I would love to see you there. You can get tickets at dtcab.com or mycabaret.org. And uh, yeah, that was an unexpected little plug right there, but that is the reason why I've been kind of MIA. We also had the holiday weekend recently where I went home to Jersey and (laughs) I feel like I need to tell you what happened on the way home. I was driving home for the holiday with my fiance Cassie, and I have this semi-cheesy magnet on my car that's promoting the podcast. It's big, it's red, and it says, the art of kindness on it in giant letters. First of all, if you're driving through Jersey, you gotta hustle. I mean, you gotta speed, you gotta weave. And while you're kinda doing that, and hopefully not cutting people off, but maybe sometimes because it's Jersey, you gotta act fast. You know, if you have a kindness sticker on your car, it, it, that's not a good look. It's just not a good look to be weaving and bobbing with that. Anyway, I'm flying along the highway. Finally, we get to my grandma's house, and then I look at my car and realize the magnet is gone. It's gone, you guys. It must have flown off on the highway, and I'm still cracking up about it because can you just imagine having a giant magnet poster thing slap across your windshield while you're on the highway, only to realize that it's promoting kindness? Cassie said if it flew off and hit someone in the face, maybe it would act as a sign for them to be kinder. So hopefully that flyaway poster did some good and hit somebody that needed it. (laughs) Speaking of doing some good, this episode features an actor who is striving to change the world for the better with his art. Today's guest is Kenny Liu. The only son of Chinese immigrants, Kenny grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. After graduating from UC Berkeley with an engineering degree, Kenny founded startups in Silicon Valley and competed in martial arts tournaments around the world. When one of his startups was sold to Google, Kenny decided to pursue film and television. He quickly landed roles in NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles, and The Player, performing all of his own stunts. He is also recognized as Gohan from Dragon Ball Z Light of Hope, Nat Geo's The Long Road Home, and Yakuza Princess. Kenny's breakout role came this year as he led the film A Shot Through the Wall. He plays a young Asian-American cop who is responsible for accidentally shooting and killing an innocent black man through a wall. Kenny and the film have earned rave reviews since releasing. Kenny and I discuss fleshing out and playing a real-life cop, Asian representation in Hollywood, the differences between being polite and being kind, and much more. As usual, I invite you to please stick around after the interview for your kindness tip of the week. Now, without further ado, please enjoy the kind Kenny Lou. Ooh, that rhymed. Further ado, Kenny Lou? <laughs> Love a good rhyme. Kenny, I'm so pumped to talk to you today. I thoroughly enjoyed the film and and I really can't wait to get into all of that with you. So where are you, are you in LA right now? Yeah,
1: yeah, LA right now.
2: Oh, cool. I like your background, it's very peaceful. There's like a nice plant and some cool paintings on the wall or- It is is all
1: my wife's doing. She's like (laughs) super like great at that kind of stuff. (laughs) So I can't get credit for it.
2: No, I know. I feel like people really bring it on the Zoom backgrounds. And so I, I usually try to just like light a candle because I I don't know. Otherwise feel like my little apartment will not live up to what people are doing.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I like, it's... I like your apartment too. It's, it's oh, yeah, that. it's, it's small, but then like, you know, it's quaint. So oh, it's cozy. You Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: But like I said, I'm pumped to talk to you. You've been getting such wonderful feedback for a shot through the wall and rightfully so because I watched it with my fiance last night and I just feel like we both needed like a really deep breath after because it, it's so powerful and it creates the opportunity to have such important conversations, which is my favorite kind of yes. art. So I yes, really appreciate that. Oh, you're, you're thank so you. welcome. And you turned in such a beautiful performance. So I, thank I can't you. wait to see what else you do next.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Robert.
2: <laughs> thank you for watching the
1: movie too. And, and yeah, it's, it's one of those movies that, you know, you, you can't just watch like in the background, like you really have to see it. Because it talks about so many nuanced topics and so yes. so thank you for watching it and and believing in it and especially before like the the interview thank you
2: oh of course yeah no yeah. thank you for making it and being a part of it when people give you like feedback mm-hmm. about your performance or just give you a compliment in general how yeah. are you at receiving those because i feel like it can be <laughs> kind of hard
1: <laughs> yeah it is still it is still very hard for me you know like i've had some I've had a couple of high profile performances, I guess. And then anytime it's mentioned, I'm immediately like, Oh, okay. and uh, Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. it, it still feels awkward. It's kind of like, you know, when we first, cause you're an actor too, right? Yes. Try right? it. And so that, <laughs> aren't we all trying? Yeah. Um, but then I remember it took like a couple of years to even be able to call myself an actor because even, even owning up to that is hard. And so then like when somebody sees your performance, it feels very similar to like, Oh, thank you so much. It, It's like, cause we also filmed that like years ago too. So it's kind of, there's always that weird discrepancy um, of, Having, you know, i done that a while ago, and now I'm receiving the, the recognition for it. It's, it's just a little bit of a dissonance there.
2: Yeah, no, I literally could not agree more. I mean, especially when you're spending most of your time not acting, you know, you're, <laughs> you're at your day job, and then you're like a professional auditioner. But, if you're lucky, you're getting auditions. So yeah, it, it really yeah. is hard just to call yourself an actor. I still struggle with that. I've, I've embraced it fully, and it feels much better. But, you know, yeah, yeah, depending yeah. who you're talking to, you can get some interesting follow up questions like, well, what I have I, I see you in or, you know, yeah, you're, like, yeah, 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 yeah. you're seeing me you now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I can say, I feel like you handled the compliment that I gave you really nicely because you smiled and you just said, thank you, which is really <laughs> kind of hard to do and not make it weird. So you're <laughs> at it, you're nailing it, I feel like.
1: Actually, that's the extent of what I'm able to do. I'm just like able to block <laughs> things off. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. No,
2: because it's hard. But I think it goes uh, hand in hand with kindness, you know, telling people mm-hmm. something kind about them or something you value that's not necessarily appearance based. I think those are the right. ways we can all kind of make the world a better place. So I like oh, to start out asking that.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. So I, I'm glad that, you know, you have a podcast that is dedicated to kindness because it, it is kind of an art, you know, like it is very much an art, actually, because there's maybe OK, so then you want to get into like. Um, how do you define kindness?
2: That's literally my next question. So take it away. <laughs> I don't even need to be here. I'm gonna leave the Zoom.
1: No, no, no. I want to
2: no, no. hear your answer.
1: Wow. Like, how do I define kindness? Because it's kind of like this thing that you would feel like is very intuitive, but it's kind of not. Um, so, so the way I would see it is kind of like putting yourself, being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, and doing something that you feel like or think they would appreciate. So for me, it was important to a big lesson for me in my life before was there's a huge difference between being polite and being kind. And the best way I can illustrate this is kind of through an example. It's like, let's say, you know, you are walking on the street and you meet an old woman who's trying to carry a box up these stairs. And, you know, there's the kind of people that would say, oh, man, that makes me so hard for you. And then you walk away. Mm. And then there's another guy who who sees that. Doesn't say anything to her. Helps her carry those boxes up the stairs, and then she goes, "Thank you." And then he says, um, "Yeah, see ya," or like, "Goodbye." Yeah, <laughs> um, like who's who's kind, you know? Yeah. And to me, it's the second person. You know, it's not the person that is just there to offer a kind word. It is somebody who can actually put yourself in their shoes and be like, "This is what they need, and I'm going to provide it for them." Um, do a little I can at least. And there's a big difference between being polite and being kind. Mm. Yeah, I
2: think yeah. that's such a beautiful answer, and I love <laughs> that example, because I think that example yeah. brings up for me the gray area, and I'm so interested in just right. the gray area of life, which again is why I love the film, because, which we'll get into, mm. because it painted racism in not a, a black and white way, but more of a complex, nuanced way, which it is, spoiler alert. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that example's cool, because it, then there's also the person who walks by and really wants to help, but for right. a reason, whatever reason maybe thinks that would be so awkward if they said no, or just it's kind of being vulnerable in a way when you put yourself out right. there like that. So they don't yeah, do yeah. it. And what's really right. cool is that you can work on kindness over the years and kind of work on, you know, showing yourself love first as a woo-woo as that sounds. So then you can mm. show other people love. Absolutely. Yeah. I
1: do feel, I do feel like it's very important to take care of yourself in that way. You are able to provide that kind of kindness perpetually. Um, yeah. You know, there's the other end of the spectrum where it's like you kind of give too much of yourself and at some point you're you're just going to run out of juice because you know it's like i don't know another example is like you know if the airplane is going down the first thing they tell you is you know don't save your friend you know you save yourself because if one of you guys is out then both of you guys are out like you need to um be able to protect yourself so that you can protect other people yeah and that's something too
2: (laughs) i think Artists, as they progress in their career, need to learn to balance because I'm sure you and so many people, as they uh, rise the ranks—I guess that's a weird term—but your DMs are probably filled with people maybe asking for favors or to connect you with someone. Yeah. That starts to kind of happen, and especially right. for right. really kind people like I've heard you are, it can be hard to not help everybody, right?
1: I know. Yeah, it's very, it's very difficult, and so then you, you kind of have to learn how to, like, draw those boundaries within yourself. Um, with your friends and yeah, it's, you're kind of forced to have to, because otherwise it's like you can, man, I've, I've had some people ask me something and I'm sitting there for like a couple of hours going like, oh, I'd feel so bad if I didn't help them. And should I help them? And like, you know, yeah. it really, it really becomes something much more than, um, than you intend to. You got all these other things to do too, you know? Yeah. And so, so, yeah, it is a very nuanced and interesting question. Um, that you start to deal with, you know, as like, you know, oh, your movie's coming out. Oh, no, suddenly people think of you as this person they can, like, you know, get something from or or something like that. So, Mm. yeah, it's a great topic of conversation.
2: Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to balance, I think, for everybody, self-care versus giving because we all want to do both. Do you think kindness and all these tools that you're eloquently stating, you know, whether you know it or not, is something maybe you learned growing up because you had such an interesting childhood, from the research that I've done, I mean, the the thing yeah, I yeah. thought was the most striking was this regimented schedule that you had growing up, where it, it kind of allowed you. Wow, to you start, read, you read into it. <laughs> listen, I like to do my research; it's fun, and and thank you, you seem to you. really get to try so many different things within the arts and different activities. I think tap dancing was even something you got to try yeah. from that. Yeah. You know, fight combat and and everything. So how? I guess, do you think, this is like another question I'm throwing in there, that's affected you today, you know? Because I think having a routine is really hard as an actor or an artist right. who's not working.
1: So is that right, something you right. carried with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, that regiment wasn't something of my own creation, by the way. Uh, so um, I guess the way I interpret yeah. it is kind of, um, my mom was somebody that, you know, wasn't given a lot of opportunity to explore all of her interests when she was growing up. And so something that she wanted to provide for her children was, was all of that. You know, um, for the viewers out there that don't know anything about me, it was like, and Monday, it was tap dancing and ballet. Tuesday, it was ice skating. Wednesday, it was like piano lessons. Um, Thursdays, it was Chinese abacus and Chinese brush. The fifth day was martial arts and taekwondo. It, and it always switched. It was like horseback riding and like all kinds of like random things. And it was a very regimented childhood that I didn't, ever see as regimented it was just more like oh every day is like kind of new and interesting and that has definitely carried through with me i'm like really open with oh i want to learn this today i want to learn that today um and it's made me like very uh um i guess uh open open to like new experiences and all um to address your question about you know as an artist you, you know you really do need something that is regimented and that is a learned skill that i had to develop for myself because you know, I'm, I'm married now too. And, um, you know, you can't really just float through day, day to day, you know, you need yeah. to coordinate your schedules and look out for each other. And the only way you can do that is by providing some kind of structure in your day to day. And so that is something that I have discussed and worked with, uh, um, with my wife before, um, figure out like, when is it appropriate for me to have my own solo time? What is it appropriate for her own solo time? When do we clean together? When do we do like, the cooking and the chores you know all of that and so yeah. um i think it is a skill set that was had to be developed as an adult and you are constantly learning new ways and nuanced ways of being kind of um providing of being able to become like a a, a better adult i guess way
2: a lot of us are just pretending it till you make it you know I oh yeah yeah like oh definitely <Still> perpetually for me too i know know. i'm like taking care of myself is kind of a full-time job how can i uh fit in my day jobs and and auditioning all this stuff but i I, I think that's really beautiful that you and your wife have been able to find that balance and i know it's a
1: work in progress for everybody always yeah always especially kind of balancing
2: each other's dreams
1: you know oh totally totally especially because she's she's an actress too yeah and um yeah it's i think it's really kind to be able to um of your it's kind to yourself to accept that it's always going to be a work of progress. I think yeah. there's such an attitude of like, oh, I better have it figured it out. I need to have it figured out. But I think the truth of it is everybody's figuring it out as they're going. And yeah. if you honor yourself and say that, you know, I'm doing the best that I can and I'm just going to improve myself steadily forever. I don't know if I'll ever feel like I'm there. <laughs> yeah. But um, okay. accept that, you know, that's a part of the life and that's a part of the, the growing up. Yeah,
2: I think that's really cool because life is not reaching a finish line. I mean, that's, I hate to say, that's death. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just, you keep working. You just keep going and and evolving. I think it's the growth versus the finished product, which can be hard as actors too because I feel like you're in a project and then you just can't wait to see it and have it done. Mm -hmm, Sometimes mm -hmm. you forget to, you know, enjoy the process. Oh,
1: absolutely. Well, I
2: think, okay, because I'm I'm engaged and so I'm like, I'm going to get married so I can have, you know, a permanent reader. Like, it's kind of like signing out (laughs) to do my audition. How is that? Take me through this, being married to, like, a fellow actor, you know. Is Mm -hmm. that just so easy when you get a self-tape, or do you guys kind of not enjoy
1: that? (laughs) Um, Well, it's it's yes and no, you know. It's like my wife and I are both the type of people that, you know, can give to excess, you know. It's like we sometimes forget to take care of ourselves, so that's kind of the way that we have to balance ourselves is we need to remember that, okay, I have needs too. Um, And a situation that, that has come up, for example, is that, you know, especially with my latest films coming out, I've been getting a lot of audition requests and stuff like that. So then she's been reading a lot more for me than I have been for her. And at some point she's like, you know, I love you and you know, I want to give you all of my time. But if you're auditioning seven times a week and like each audition, like let's say some of them are up to two hours long, yeah. you know, like my days are all gone. And so we need to be able to have those kind of conversations of like, oh, I I recognize that. honey. Um, So I will, some of the ways that we've, you know, worked around that is, is saying that, you know, I can find somebody that can help me be a reader too. That'll take some pressure off of you. Second thing is, you know, every time you read for me, then it's, it's kind of like a trade. You know, it's like, if you read this for me, then I'll do something for you. Just name it. Yeah. And so one of, the, one of the things that we did was she was like, well, I really like to take a walk in the morning. So um, walk with me in the morning. Um, and that'll be our trade-off for like this time that you do this audition, uh, this time that I do the read for you an audition tape. So, you know, it's, it's things like that. And it's, and I really appreciate her because she's really open with communicating things like that. And she doesn't let those kind of things crop up to where it builds like some form of resentment. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not as good at that. I'm like, I'm not very good with those uncomfortable conversations. So yeah, in a way, it's a kindness to be able to share that with the other person that you are that you're in love with and you're close to.
2: And I think it's awesome you can label <clears> that, <throat> that for all of our listeners, because I know for me, maybe we've kind of done that. My fiance will help me yeah. with the self-tape and then I'll do the dishes and it's like an unspoken yeah. trade-off. But I think right. just to go into it with that mindset is really helpful because it can be awful, especially when you get the audition <laughs> that morning. And then my okay. fiance's a teacher. She comes home from work and I'm like, surprise, I need this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, surprise, oh babe. <laughs> like, yeah, I got to light myself. And then you got to audition with me for hours and hours. And then I got to edit it. Can you, can you watch it too and pick my take? Yeah, so it can be I know can be really hard. And I, I think that's great advice.
1: Yeah, especially now it's like, you know, there's so many self-tapes. All the casting offices are closed. The yeah. actors themselves have to not just be an actor. We're directing, we're editing, we're lighting, we're doing setup for like, and we're buying this equipment, and it's yeah. a lot of stress and pressure, and and it's uh, I feel like you know because of the pandemic, it's so recent, and so a lot of people I feel like aren't even really talking about it yet. They're just kind of burying it, and that yes. really sucks, you know. Especially as actors, we're like we're like the lowest on the totem pole, really. we have like no yeah. power whatsoever. We're being so much of us. We have to be off book. We have to do this and do that, and it's like it's nuts. So I'm I'm glad that you know somebody is able to talk about that you know this is a lot of things to expect for an actor to be able to do and that we've got partners that can help us through this process
2: yeah for sure because there's so much pressure on everybody and i know people in casting i have friends in (laughs) casting where it's so it's even more pressure on them in so many ways because they have to actually watch these tapes they have to change the sides they're trying to make it as little as possible and give you all the information so i think that's something yeah yeah, yeah. industry needs to work on for sure (laughs) oh my
1: gosh so much, much. so as you're
2: auditioning and you're progressing in your career, do any acts of kindness stand out to you that you think possibly change the trajectory?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been so, so lucky in my, in my life and in, especially in this career. Before I ever even thought about acting, I was very focused on like a very normal life. Um, I have a degree in engineering, mechanical engineering. I worked wow. as one for a very long time. Yeah. And that was kind of what I expected my life was going to be because I was, that was kind of, how I felt like life was meant to be for me. And it wasn't until, man, I was like, you know, I'm just going to audition for something on Craigslist. And then I did. <laughs> and it was this, it was this feature film that still hasn't come out yet. This is like, Twelve years ago, at this point, <laughs> <I think> we, <laughs> so we all have some of those. Out. We're just waiting. <laughs> I know we're just waiting. It's gonna come out someday.
2: Right? Yeah, we'll have gray uh, hair and be like, "Oh, yeah. this is my new film."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so it was like this really small budget thing, but it was paid, and um, I met this guy who was the acting coach on that set, and he was, you know, I I booked the lead of this movie, and it was it was my first time acting, and you know, so it was really rough. But he saw something in me, and he was like, you know. And this is in the Bay Area. This is not even in Los Angeles. Um, he was like, you know, I really, I really think you've got something. So why don't you just come to my house once a week? Um, we'll work on monologues, and you know, we'll just we'll just have fun, you know. Um, and his background is that he used to be an actor in Los Angeles. He's he's Taiwanese American, and he used to be an actor in Los Angeles, like ten years even before that. And he gave up on that dream because he wanted to provide for his family. He was working at Yahoo, Google as like this executive. Now he's like very successful, but he was like, you know, I used to love acting. So I want to pay it forward to you. And so I was like, you know, so naive at the time. I was like, oh yeah, of course. And then, so I just went to his house for two years. Um, And every time it was like two, three hours of just me and him working on monologues. Wow. And, And then by the end of that, I was like, you know it's possible for me to even try this acting thing. And so by the end of it, I was signed with a top agency in the Bay Area, which is a very small market. But um, it set me on this trajectory of, oh, you know, I can make some money doing commercials and short films in the Bay Area while I'm doing my full-time engineering job. And then because of that guy, his name is Tom Lin, you know, this dream became my full-time job now. Without wow. him, I would have never transformed from this idea of, oh, I'm going to be an engineer for the rest of my life to, you know, I really love this thing called acting and I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. Um, so without his kindness and his dedication, two years, I mean, of horrible monologues yeah. <laughs> i'm sure they weren't that bad that's really special oh, he showed me a video of them like, recently and i was like i can't believe you sat through sat through this <laughs> i'm gonna find that you gotta put that on youtube oh my that's... gosh it's yeah never mind i'm not gonna no we, we all sad. have those
2: no we all have those but that's so yeah. incredible that he kind of saw your talent and was able to help you grow and evolve and yeah, dedicate yeah, yeah. that time to you. I mean, that's like private acting school to somebody. It, it totally so cool.
1: was. It totally was. It made absolutely no sense for me to do it, yeah. and it was just such an act of kindness that it it changed my life. You know, like yeah. literally. And is that something you think
2: you would ever want to do and give back? Kind of be a mentor to somebody.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The, it's really important to me because growing up like I didn't feel like I had a lot of uh, people to look up to and so something that was really important to me um is giving back and mentorship so one of the things that I did um a while ago after right after I finished shooting a shot to the wall which was or almost five years ago now um I became a big brother with big brothers big sisters um and for you know those of you out there that don't know you basically Adopts like a little brother or a little sister if you're if you're um, a lady and um, you basically hang out with them for uh, twice a month for about like four hours each you just create something like you hang out at a cafe or you go to the library or something and um, yeah you have to dedicate a lot of time to this person but you do develop like this lifelong relationship with somebody that you otherwise would have probably never even met Um, so my little brother's name is Malik and he's 20 years younger than me. Um, he's, you know, he's this kid that doesn't have any siblings and his mom, um, is a single mother and she's, she wanted to give him like a male like figure in his life. Um, he had just turned 12. And so, um, you know, we just started hanging out and like, just started like drawing comic books together. And like, he, he loves animation. Now, um, he moved away to Kansas like a year or two ago. Um but uh we still keep in touch. He was just out here in Los Angeles for his birthday weekend. He's about to go to college and it's it's crazy, you know, like um That's incredible. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. M- mentorship like that is the, and those bonds like really last for the rest of your life. So yeah. I encourage people out there to do something like Big Brothers, Big Sisters.
2: Yeah, I'm so glad you did that because it really is such an amazing organization. <clears throat> and yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just so important to establish a relationship like you're saying you know some people think right. like they have to yeah. donate a lot of money or volunteer mm-hmm. at events but just right. really connecting with another person is kindness and giving back yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> absolutely i mean those are the things i think when you are like at the end of your life you really appreciate you know and so yeah. so yeah i i i wanted to to pay forward in some small way and because i i've been the receiver of so much kindness too
2: One thing at the end of your life (laughs) that people will remember is your martial arts and and (laughs) fight combat. I think what kind of interests me with the fight choreography you've done is Mm. if you have found a process for, I guess, gauging people's skill set when you're choreographing and then making them feel comfortable, or do you just mainly Mm. do it for yourself? specifically
1: in fight choreography type yeah, have you, set, have you worked with other
2: people or do you just develop your oh own? Yeah, yeah 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 okay cool that's what i thought um
1: yeah yeah i mean i wow i i've trained so much in martial arts i used to compete a whole lot so i've been around all kinds of skill levels um it used to be like previous life of mine um and so then you kind of get a sense of immediately of who is good at what and how comfortable they are with it um if I'm training somebody on set, then um, the primary thing for me and the most kind thing to do is make sure that they're not just safe, but that they feel safe. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think a big part of it is understanding people and being able to um, talk to them and know like what they're comfortable with doing, what they're not comfortable with doing.
2: Yeah. I guess it does all go back to communication, which I think. Yes. Yeah. Are yeah, yeah. amping up on and making better as we speak you know especially after Mm -hmm. the pandemic when all these people were kind of purged and all these topics were (laughs) trending which was great there's a lot going on these conversations started and I think communication is getting better which is awesome
1: hopefully (laughs) yeah
2: hopefully well one thing I really hope too obviously is getting better is representation and inclusion Mm -hmm. and I always love when and appreciate when artists kind of hone in on the kind of art they wanna make and bring to the world. Oh yeah, yeah. In addition yeah. to just loving acting and doing some fun projects, I think it's really cool when there is that through line you can see. And from mm-hmm. what I've read, I know telling <clears throat> Asian stories is really kind of a big focus for you right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so while we certainly have made progress, there's obviously still right. a long way to go. Right. What are your overall thoughts on reaching better representation?
1: I know it's a big um, question. Yeah, yeah, it's a big question, but I appreciate you asking it. Um, you know, representation as it stands now is, especially for Asian-Americans right now, is a lot of things are going really well. You know, we have Shang-Chi, we have crazy rich Asians. Yeah. Finally, the Asian-American or the Asian stories are bankable. Yeah. Um, people Sesame want Street, to see it. Right? Sesame think, Street, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. And that's really exciting because for a long time, we didn't have these positive images of Asians in the West. Um, and... Um, where I think we need to go next, though, is that we have a lot of these like very positive glossy images, but what we don't have yet is inclusion. You know, we don't have the type of we haven't developed the type of understanding that I feel like is necessary for Asian Americans to feel like they belong in America, for other people to understand that Asian Americans do belong in America. Um, we're perpetually seen as a foreigner, perpetually seen as the outsider. Our culture is weird is you know, is strange, it smells bad, you know, like, there's a lot of negative stereotypes that have been following us around for a very long time. And um, movies like a shop at the wall, I hope helps bridge that understanding so that people will see, oh, they do belong here, not just that they belong here, but that they have a place here, they, you know, have conflict with other with other people. um, But they do have their own space here. Um, So I hope that a shop at the wall does. Um, some work in that area, because I think that is the next step. Past representation is inclusion.
2: I couldn't agree more. And I think it does. I mean, I, you know, I would just watch the movie. And like mm-hmm. I keep saying and shouting through this microphone is that it does display racism in such a complex way, mm-hmm. unlike the other films right. we've seen, where maybe there's a white savior yeah. or like there's these things that have kind of already been done and put in a box. And right, this right, without right, spoiling right. everything really so out of the box, which I, which is what I loved about it. I think thank you. Oh, of course. I, I think the first question that popped into my head and my fiance, we both looked at each other and said the same thing was just I guess a simpler one. You know, how did you prepare for playing
1: a real life police officer? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Great question. Um, so first of all, there was a lot of research that needed to be done, you know, because when the case came out, um, by the way, it's it's inspired by but not based on. Yeah. Um the the there was a lot of controversy around what happened. Um, basically, a young Chinese-American cop um, accidentally shoots and kills a an missing black person. Um, and in our story, it's truly an accident. In his case, it was an accident, but then there were some other gray areas involved too. Um, but for us, you know, it was really important to understand basically what people were thinking and talking about surrounding what happened. Um, the second thing was, for me, it was important to understand what it was like to grow up Chinese American in Brooklyn. And so before we started shooting, I spent two weeks in Brooklyn and Manhattan just kind of wandering the streets, specifically the Bay Ridge area, which is like a very specifically Chinese immigrant area that you wouldn't recognize as New York. Hmm. All the signs are in Chinese. Nobody on the street is speaking. There's, it wasn't a single word of English that I heard on that hmm. when I was walking up and down this huge, like, Um, few street, this, this whole area. Um, So I spent a lot of time there, people watching and talking to people and just getting a sense of what it would like to grow up there and imagining it. Um, And a third thing that I did too, was I actually applied for the LAPD. Wow. um, Yeah. For me as an ad, this wasn't necessarily for the film. This was something that I had done a while ago um, because I knew that based on my look, I was going to audition for police officer roles. So one thing that, I value as an actor is, um, I don't want to just tell stories for the sake of stories. I want to, um, pull it from the source, which is real life. And so then I wanted to experience it as much as I could. So (laughs) I basically applied for the LAPD. Um, you had to go through so many like background checks and security checks and, and, and like your, your credit history, you know, like your criminal drug history, like where you've lived, like interviewing all of your close friends and relatives and parents and all of that. There's that stage. And then after that, you're allowed to take their test and their test is a week long. There's at least two physicals. There's a lot of like lie detector test level interviews with interrogators, police sergeants that are asking like, well, what the fuck were you doing in 2002? Like that kind of like, they yeah. really suss you out to see if you're a man of your character or a person of your character, mm-hmm. um, because their big point was that as a police officer, you are supposed to be a representative of your community. You're not here to like, you know, bully people. And they really suss it out. I was really impressed with how um, stringent they were with making sure that you were like an upstanding person. Yeah, And so that was shocking to me because, you know, you read a lot on the news and and people are very, very angry at the police, at least systemically what is happening. And I understand that. At the same time, the people that I, I saw were applying and the only ones that were, would be able to pass are like some really like stand up people. And so what it shed light for me is that I wonder how much being an officer on the job changes you throughout the years as you're serving as a police officer. That was kind of the conclusion I came to because it didn't match up to me. The mm-hmm. stories that I was hearing on the news versus the people that I saw going in and the people that were allowed to go into the police force, at least now, um, there's a big discrepancy. And so those are some of the few ways that I prepared for this role um, because we knew that it was a lot of responsibility. And we wanted to tell it groundedly. We wanted to tell it authentically um, as much as possible.
2: That's so interesting. And I don't think a lot of audiences realize how much work actors put into their roles. And not necessarily yeah. all actors do that, but kudos to you. Right, right yeah. It really shone through. Thank I mean, you. there was like an authenticity that beckoned us to ask that question of Why, what did he do to prepare for this role? It's like, <laughs> that's you, incredible you. to learn that. Did you at any thank point you. think to yourself, oh, maybe I, maybe I should just
1: be a police officer? I like this. <laughs> or was yeah. it pure research? Okay. I was, I was legitimately um, uh, tempted. Especially when I was in the interview, there was a police sergeant there. There was um, an attorney there. There was a, a lie detector interrogator. Three of them sitting across the table from me, and they were like, "Why do you want to be, Why do you want to be a Los Angeles police officer?" And then I was, <laughs> yeah, 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 I couldn't tell them that. Right? No, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but then, in that moment, I was legitimately drawn to saying, you know, I. I really value being a representative of my community. Like I want to protect it. I want to stand up for something greater than myself. Um, that was something that spoke very strongly to me. And Mm -hmm. so in that moment I passed the test because I probably legitimately felt it. Um, but yeah, you know, so yeah, I was, I was honestly like for at least a few minutes, I was like, maybe I'll just not become an actor and become a police officer (laughs) that is so cool
2: and i think what also kind of always fascinates me that you touched on is you asked yourself that question of the discrepancy you were saying between what people are kind of saying in the news and the people you were seeing apply and i think that Mm. sinks into an overall systemic and probably global issue and maybe a human issue which is that we just love consuming negative news we love drama And certainly a lot of these movements have to be in the news and should be spotlighted. But I also don't think there's enough of the good stories out there of what we're doing. Like we don't, there's not a great balance of that. So I think it makes it a, a more complex question. Do you always like do that when you're approaching a role? Do you always have a question in mind that you want to explore, you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's acting is still so fascinating to me because I had such a different life before this as an engineer and so for me all of it is still fascinating because i feel so lucky to be able to do all of this and and live this life and live that life and live that life and so you know if an audition comes down and you know i have to turn an audition in six hours i'm not going to go apply for the police to the police to you know feel like what it's like to be a police officer um but but i think the core at the core of it especially when i book a role and i have the time for it like that's the type of work that I want to do. You know, I don't, I don't like um, taking other people's like examples of what they've explored. I want to go explore it myself. Um, I guess I call it like first principle, which is like you, you go and see it and experience it for yourself. And that way it's not, it doesn't become a parody of itself, I suppose. Cause everybody's building on other people's like commentary on what a police officer is. It's not the truth to me. It's not it's not truthful, it's not authentic, and it's not as um, rewarding as it could be if I would, had gone to do it myself.
2: Yeah, I so agree, because I think every single person on this planet in another life could possibly be a police officer. You know? Mm-hmm. yeah, We absolutely. see these cookie cutter images, but the right. truth is for any job, there are a million different looks, shapes, sizes. So I think yeah. just committing to the fact, especially when you have mm-hmm. six hours to send it in and you can't do a, yeah. you know, a ride along or whatever. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So I think, yeah, that's a good nugget for the actors listening out there, which I know we have a lot of. How would you say, I guess, while we're saving the world with all these questions, how would you say (laughs) the industry specifically can become a kinder place? Do you have any thoughts on, I guess, even like tactile things that that people can employ when they're, you know, leading their sets and starting production?
1: Right. Um, I think there's a lot, obviously. I mean, anybody that has been, here long enough we'll see all the examples of you know really bad treatment especially for the people lower on the totem pole which is a majority of the people in history here um so i think the only thing that i could say is really i think there needs to be a mindset shift in how we perceive what success is um i think a big part of how we can change that is things like your podcast. You know, we, we spread the word of what kindness is, um, but also what, what, um, you, how you would be able to benefit from it. Um, there's this really great book that, um, that actually informed me a lot on this topic. It's called give and take by Adam Grant. Have you heard of that book? It sounds very familiar, but I'm going to write it down. I have not read it. It's it's an incredible book. It's by a, uh, Wharton business, Wharton uh, School of Business professor named Adam Grant. He's a legend there, and he he's done. He's a business professor, and he's like, look, the most successful way that you can run a business is by being a giver and not a taker. A lot of people in this industry are so take 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 because it's you know everybody wants to be here. It's people have become so desperate to get whatever the hell they could that mm-hmm. we kind of have this you know dog eat dog mentality here. But the people that truly stand out and the people that I've seen personally succeed the most are the people that give the most. Yeah. And there's a lot of good reason for that. Um, some of which is, is, a lot of which is covered in this book called Give and Take by, by Adam Grant. And it informs my mentality and my mindset towards how I do my own business as well as how I think this industry can change for the better. Um, yeah. Essentially, you, you are a person that can give at the same time, you don't give so much that you sacrifice yourself. So you are able to look out for other people with kindness. You're able to give whenever you can, um, and that's that's really that's really it. That's awesome. I have to read that book now
2: because it's yeah, so true. Do. You have to be authentic and true to yourself because we're good judges mm-hmm. of ourselves. Well, not yeah. in every way, you know. Sometimes we think we look like an idiot when we're filming, and it's just not true. We're just in our head. But yeah, you yeah. know, we have the intuition to know when we're giving too much. But most of the right. time, when you give, it really gives back to you. Because I, it, Absolutely. I mean,
1: it's, there's it's a quick. lot of great yeah. selfish reasons to be generous.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, scientific research shows people that <laughs> give more, the simple act of just smiling on the street, people appear more attractive. Right. I mean, there's actual data that says, yeah, know, it, it's a benefit to you too. Now that that's the reason why you should mm-hmm. do it.
1: Exactly, and I think the Dalai Lama said something like that. Though he was like, you know, the the smartest way yeah. to be selfish is to be generous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, and true. it's true. There's, I mean, just to cover it a little bit, it's like you. There are a lot of health benefits to being generous. Um, like your stress levels, like um, go down. Like you, you. There's a lot of chemical reactions that end up happening if you're being altruistic. Um, also, people tend to reciprocate, not just. To match, but even more so, um, like it's it just works out is 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 all I can say you know and so there's a lot of selfish reasons to be generous yeah and and that's like that's like the key to success you know it's it's great yeah
2: because we do mirror even on a simple level giving somebody a gift your brain and the chemicals in there I don't know the technical terms because I'm an actor are mirroring you know (laughs) the the person that's receiving the gift and you're kind of experiencing that euphoria with them so you know yeah absolutely another reason to be kind yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> all right speaking of being kind i know we don't have too much time left together which is a bummer but we do have a surprise game if you're down to play <laughs> <laughs> okay. All it's right. It's really easy. It's like not that even much so of a game. That so mysterious. <laughs> yeah. I know. I should, have, I should have done a different reading on that. It's a surprise game. It's called. <laughs> this is called the compliment game because we haven't talked about compliments enough already. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. It's the compliment game on the A-O-K. Game. It's the compliment. Compliment. compliment, compliment game. game. Uh, Are you down to play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. Okay, I promise. It's, it's probably not what you're going to think. So no. basically, I reached out to somebody in your life for a compliment about you or a statement of what they love about you. And you just have to guess who said it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Okay. So we'll say you get three guesses and maybe uh-huh. five yes or no questions. And I can try and help you. But I really don't. I, I probably can't. I don't know anything. I, I, I could try to give you a hint. I have a hint uh-huh. here, actually, that I got. Uh-huh. So I can always pull that up if I need to. But I think you'll be good. Okay. Okay. All right, all right. So I'm gonna read you your, your statement here. I yeah. asked for just like short, you know, statements, a couple sentences. So don't you know, get hung up that it's yeah. not a huge paragraph. Okay. Yeah. Kenny's positivity is infectious. He's a true gift, and I feel lucky just to know him. My wife
1: Masumi. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Whoa,
2: one and done. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah she is so sweet she got back to me because sometimes i'll go through publicists but we i mean we love them but it's just Uh harder when you have to go through other people so i direct message her, which can can go either way and she got right back to me and and thought you know oh you did about this (laughs) yeah she said i could give you the hint of this person loves watermelon
1: That's our, that's our little inside inside thing, yeah, yeah. That would have totally given away for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I know that. Um, yeah, that's really sweet of her to, to say that of me. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm really glad we played this game. Look at you, you're getting giddy, you're so smiley. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: yeah. I guess to yeah. keep
2: the, the mushy-gushy going, what has she specifically mm-hmm. taught you on
1: kindness? She's taught me a lot. Um, We come from very different families. Um, She is, her family is quite Japanese. And um, the main thing that she actually did teach me was my earliest example of the difference between what is polite and what is kind. Like her family, my family is very polite, um, but we are not necessarily always the most kind. Her family is not necessarily the most polite, but they are very, very kind. Mm. Um, and the best examples that I can kind of give of that are, are that, you know, especially when they buy gifts, my gifts, especially like coming into this relationship were rather for lack of a better word, shallow, like she'd be like, why she would be like, Oh, thank you, Kenny. But then in her head, she's, she would tell me later, she's like, yeah, I don't know why he got me this. I don't know where the <laughs> heck I'm going to put this. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that now but at the time, you know, I, I thought I was being kind when I was really being, Polite in a way because I had just traveled somewhere and I was like, "Oh, here's a souvenir for you." Great, yeah. Um, but then for her, like, she's very considerate. Like, she would spend you know a couple of hours thinking through that person's day and think like, "Well, what would they really appreciate? What would specifically be great for them? Not just oh, like this formality of oh, it's a it's a souvenir from Hawaii or something." Yeah. And so in that way, she's really taught me what it means to be kind as opposed to just being polite. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a habit of just doing things out of habit um, as opposed to like truly being considerate to this person. And so I think that's a really important lesson for me and I'm still trying my best to get better at it. Um, But that's something that she really taught me and I I still reflect on that.
2: That's so beautiful. (laughs) It brings up an interesting point I'm thinking of now because I'm the kind of person that whenever I go hang out with friends or just meet someone, I don't like to come empty handed so even if it's just a chocolate bar I have or whatever I'll bring it (laughs) but I should start thinking well am I doing this for them or am I doing this because I want them to think oh you brought something oh yeah
1: that's a good question that yeah yeah, I've had to ask myself the same thing too like I'm just doing it for myself really oh crap (laughs) but they're still gonna get candy right it's fine right 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 yeah yeah yeah. that's exactly what the way I think you know and so then it really who knows like what is the right or wrong way maybe there's a balance somewhere in between but But it really did make me become a better gift giver.
2: Yeah. What's interesting, too, is I feel like it sounds like her family is really great about leading with honesty, which I think is a big Mm -hmm. foundation of kindness. And in this world, being honest can sometimes be seen as being really mean, you know? Right. If people are honest about some of my self-tapes, you know, I might cry. It's that kind (laughs) of thing where you you can get this feedback that's maybe trying to help you. And so maybe mixing the two families, which you guys have done because you're married uh, and being honest, but with that polite delivery, I think is Mm. a nice way to be kind Could
1: be a little. Yeah. 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 At the, at the least, it just opens up your awareness to things. And I think that really is what is important is, is there may not be a clear, like this is the right way. That's the right way, but it does open up your awareness. And I think that is the most important thing. Yeah. Nobody's going to be perfect. But yeah, it, nobody's be pursuit. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I think you've given us so many kindness tips, but just to end our time together, I would love if you could share one more kind of tangible <laughs> kindness or wellness tip, or even a, a quote that you think our listeners might be inspired by and could oh, incorporate man. into their lives. I, I might have blown
1: all of my good tips,
2: all no, of my all quotes good.
1: already. <laughs>
2: no, you could. If you want to take a second,
1: you know what? Here, here's one. Here's one. I think that kindness takes commitment. And it can't just be, oh, I'm going to change my mindset about this. And I think it does take some commitment because, you know, as actors, especially, and in this whole, you know, 2022, we are so busy that a lot of times on the face of it, we think, oh, it's more important to be productive than it is to be kind. And I think that sometimes you do have to choose. Um, For example, the gift giving thing. Um, I used to be like, I don't have time to think about what would this person like? You know, I don't I, I can maybe spend like five minutes on it, but I'm not gonna spend like 30 minutes on it. It's very difficult for me, it's very vulnerable mm-hmm. for me. So when so I had to after, you know, spending a lot more time with my wife and Sumi, I realized that wow, there is a lot more benefit to me to choose the um, kindness over my productivity. Cause a lot of times my productivity is just me like spinning in circles, you know, I'm not really spending that time wisely, but it feels good to myself because I feel like I'm being productive, but I feel like I've gotten a lot more benefit by spending that time of, Oh, you know what? My mom's coming to town. What would she really appreciate? I'm going to, I'm going to carve out some time for her and just sit there and think about it. Hmm. And that has been a lot more rewarding to me. Um, so I do encourage people to when in the face of it, if you had to choose productivity or an act of kindness, choose kindness sometimes. um it'll it'll go a long way because it's not just in that moment but it'll also train you to become a lot more aware of the people that are around you and how you've benefited from them how they've benefited from you and it just it it fills you up in a way that i can't really describe so i encourage you to do that
2: yeah i think that's awesome and i appreciate that and everybody should do that and you can also (laughs) you can combine the two i mean i'm such a list person that you yeah, can yeah, yeah. make the the act of kindness or generosity part of right. your productivity. So it's something you right. check off on the list. Totally. that That's yes. exactly what I do. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spend three yeah. to 315 looking for gifts on Amazon for this person. You know, you, you can kind of yeah, incorporate yeah, yeah. it into your day because I think time Absolutely. is the most valuable gift you can give someone. And I think that's an Oprah totally. that I'm stealing. And I'm definitely not Oprah, but I, you know, wish I was. And we all do.
1: Um, it's one of the love languages
2: too (laughs) there you go yeah no it is giving well i think that's an amazing note to end on and i really appreciate it everybody definitely go check out kenny's new movie a shot through the wall it is pretty breathtaking and you're probably going to need just a minute after to let it simmer and have some important conversations with people but i thank you for being a part of that movie and everything you do to make the industry and the world a better place because we need more talent like you so Thank you, you, Robert.
1: Thank Thank you for for having me.
2: Oh, of course, you're awesome. (laughs) I had a, a lot of fun.
1: Me too. Yeah, I think we had some really great conversations about about what we could we we could do to change our mindset towards what it means to be kind. Now it's
2: time for your kindness tip of the week. Hi again. It's me. I think there were so many wonderful kindness tips throughout today's chat, but I'm going to give you one more because that's part of the deal here at The Art of Kindness. We always end with a kindness tip of the week. As I'm just kind of winging it, you know what I really value and I feel like is a tool that brings kindness into your life? Pros and cons. Weighing the pros and weighing the cons. You know, I recently was talking to a friend who was at a crossroads with a major decision, as we all come to. You know, we make decisions every single day. Sometimes they're mountains, sometimes they're hills, sometimes they're just tiny little piles of mud that we need to cross. (laughs) But it can be really paralyzing when you face these large decisions. I know we've talked about that on here before. And you know what, friends? Making a pros and cons list really helps. I know it seems a little cheesy, but my family, Cassie, a lot of my loved ones are really big believers in this. I mean, I do this all the time whenever I'm stuck mentally. I just make a grid and I list the pros on one side and the cons on the other. What's also helpful is to assign points to them. So as you're going over your list at the end, you can kind of add up points. And at the bottom, you see which one has more points. And obviously, the one that has more points, you know, you can weigh the items by how much gravity they bring to your life or what they mean to you. So depending on uh, what a pro is, it'll maybe have more points than a certain con that's only a little bit of a con, if that makes sense. And at the end, you have an actual number, you have data to base your decision off of. And I mean, in decision making, that's invaluable because you can always look back on that and say, I made the decision that was literally best for me. I really thought about it. I waited out and this is the decision for me. And I think at the end of the day with any of these decision-making tools, you know, what it really does is hone in and bring us closer to our gut. Because we all have that gut feeling. We all deep down somewhere know what the best decision for us is. And so I think it's really kind to ourselves And also to others, because when we make decisions, it takes pressure off of other people. Hey, see what I'm saying? It's really kind to use these tools. So I hope this encourages you to make a pros and cons list. I'm such a list person, I know. Ah. Now, I'm recording this right before a Sunday matinee performance of our musical, so I got to go rest my voice, my voce. But if you want to get in touch, please email us at artofkindnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at artofkindnesspod or at robpeterpaul. I've been posting a lot of weird videos, so if you're into that, come see me. (laughs) As always, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in. Ooh, audio hug. I'll be back very soon, but until next time, remember